You're listening to the Ambitious Mama Podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Rialba. Hey, hey, mamas, Krista Rialba here, and like always, I am so excited to deliver another empowering episode. And I just have to give such a shout out to all of my guests so far. Everyone has been so incredibly generous, vulnerable, honest, and just like really all in to support you, to support us on our journey to becoming our absolute best, most free selves. And in the spirit of the program that my heart is all in right now, Beautiful Mind, a 21-day journey of mental wellness, mental self-care, total full body acceptance and self-care. If you have yet to start the journey, just go to kristarialba.com and opt in. It's 100% free. And like I promised you, I've gathered thought leaders, healers, people who I really feel have a lot to add to this conversation. And up next is Tanisha, and she is a doula. She is She's all about empowering women in parenthood, in birth, in motherhood, and really just such an advocate of total holistic wellness. And she and I had a beautiful conversation, and I had some major aha moments, especially around ambition. And the reason why I might just have been so ambitious my whole life, and ambition is a beautiful thing, you guys, um, but she really gave us something to look into deeper. So I hope you get a lot out of this episode. And if you do, please, please help me share share the word. Help me get this message out there, these gifts out out there, these voices, these incredible women shine the light on them and help to really to amplify their voices and bring people to their businesses, to their work. So awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here. And without further ado, please get ready for another episode of Ambitious Mama. All right. Hi, Tanisha. How's it going? (laughs) So good. I know you and I are just getting off of our power hour and it's so we're feeling empowered. 100%. (laughs) But thank you so much for being here today. Um, I think, I mean, you've been on my mind for quite some time and it's like when I see your posts, they're so beautiful, everything around parenthood and, you know, babies and being a doula, like it's just so magical. And I know you and I share the same enthusiasm for all things wellness and empowering women and moms. And uh, I'm just really excited to dive into this conversation wherever it takes us. Amazing. And I just want to shout out to you, Krista, because you are truly someone who is a light and people are just drawn to you and I've wanted to connect with you for so long and so I just feel like our paths have aligned beautifully and I'm just grateful for your time and your and your effort and care oh thanks honey that's so nice (laughs) tell me about I I'm just really curious to know your journey about becoming a doula and why you decided to go down that road absolutely you know it's not a straight line like nothing in this world ever is for any story but Um, I have two younger siblings. Um, I'm several years older older than them. I'm 12 and 13 years older than the two of them. So I was quite uh, mature and old enough when they came around. Um, And my 
my mom had a lot of support when she had me, lots of family around her, you know, lived very close to family. Um, but when my sisters came along, we moved away um, and my grandparents couldn't really drive too much. So there was a lot less support. Um, and I remember firsthand witnessing, you know, what I didn't have that vocabulary to describe then. And obviously I can't, you know, diagnose anyone, but I think there was some level of postpartum mood disorder um, because of the lack of support. And my mom had my sisters quite close together. They're 17 months apart. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I remember very, very specifically, I was so excited to be a big sister and I just wanted to do everything, like mm -hmm. diapers, that everything. I could just, there was no problem. And I remember my mom would, all she kind of wanted to do for the first couple of months of my si first sister's life was feed her and then read Harry Potter. That's it. <laughs> right. And it was home from school. So it was fine. But looking back, I'm like, okay, maybe there was some, you know, something going on there because there wasn't a whole lot of support. So, you know, that really stuck in my head and my memory for a long time. And then when I went off to university, um, in between that time, you know, I was always the period expert in my friendship group and family you know, always passionate about babies and, and pregnancy. I just, you know, could get along with them very well. And so people always knew, you know, you need a babysitter, call it Tanisha. So fast forward to university, I'm part of the diversity center at Laurier. There's the women's center, there's the association of black students, the rainbow center, you know, all these different organizations of empowerment. Um, and I went to a women's center uh, talk about pregnancy and midwives, which I'd never heard about before. And we watched the business of being born and two midwives came in to talk, right? It's, a good, it's an awesome documentary, right? <laughs> I know, guys, watch the business of being born, yes. Just next level. So that really opened up my eyes. But it kind of, you know, I was university and not really thinking about that kind of stuff. So fast forward, you know, I'm working in corporate, trying to figure out my life as a mid, young, early to mid-20s. And I literally bumped into a midwifery student on the TTC. And, you know, I was talking to them and just praising them for the work and, you know, saying I would love to do that, but I'm not a biology chemistry person. So I'll leave that to, you know, the professionals. And she was the one who mentioned, you know, there is this thing called being a doula. Tuck that away. Because this, and this is like the story of people, right? You, there's seeds. There's always seeds being planted. And then at some point, if you allow it, it blooms. So years after that, um, I for some reason, I don't know, Facebook ads, I don't know what popped up a, a doula training in my area. And I was like, wait a second, I remember this. And at the time I was really investing in finding out your passions and living them. Mm -hmm. You know, this is when I started my journey with USANA and just wanting more out of life, you know, questioning this corporate job that I have, is this all that there is, you know, or is there another way that I can make an impact and enjoy it? Mm -hmm. um, so I did the training and learned a ton sat on it for a couple of years I was as I was still trying to get out of debt and you know figure out my life and went full-time as of last year and it's been oh. an amazing amazing journey oh you must like see my eyes like I'm just like oh that sounds so amazing I'm obsessed with like all things natural childbirth and because I've ex I experienced both and I think that was the, really the gift um, that I had was being able to see both experiences both mm. potential experiences and obviously there is a a uh, within each experience there's like so many possible uh varieties that can go down you know it's no no pregnancy is exactly as planned or the same in any way but um with curtis it was the medical route and i had this mindset of like i'm just gonna do whatever my mom did 
Mm-hmm. Mom, what did you do? Mom, what did you do? I just like just went that route, right? And that didn't serve me very well at all. Um, and then for the uh, uh, for for Marcus, um, the little guy went completely the opposite. And seeing what an amazing experience you can have. But that we talk, we've already mentioned empowerment a bunch of times, and we'll probably mention it much more. But the, that's the thing that I hope all all moms can experience through this podcast, through childbirth, through every every aspect, is that like you have the power. That's what empowerment is. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, and that's what I talk about with my clients is you know through the prenatals, how can we learn to flex our what I call our no muscle, but. I, I'm changing it to your I know muscle um, and, and really never questioning your midwife or doctor, but just asking questions so that you feel empowered with however the situation unfolds. Because again, baby's in control. We can do as much planning as we want, but baby is in control. Um, and we have to let the healthcare providers do their job. But flexing your I know my body muscle, I know what I want muscle, um, because my job as a doula is not to advocate for you. It's to provide you the tools and the energy and the safe space to act on that. To advocate for yourself because your body, like it's that knowingness, that confidence that your body knows what to do. And then if you're surrounded by people like yourself or whether, whether you're going the medical route or, or more natural route, it doesn't matter. But I think if you're handing over your power to, to the OB or to the midwife even, you're losing the, the power that you can have. And, and I think that's what a doula provides. Mm-hmm, definitely. And it's trying to unpack the fear that's around birth yeah. or even parenting. So we spend it with my clients a significant amount of time in the early prenatals around the mindset and what beliefs you have around birth, what you've seen, what you've witnessed, what you've heard, what you've allowed in your cells to be true for you um, and how and if they want to unpack that. Because some people are like, nope, I want the medical route. And I've definitely learned to you know, reserve my biases and, and, and acknowledge them and realize that this is not my birth. You know, this is, this is someone else's experience and however I can support them, that's what I'm supposed to do. But at the same time, I always find even the really medical, medically friendly or technology friendly families, there's a little bit of, yeah, maybe I do want this or maybe I'm open to this, you know, so it's, it's interesting. Well, I've read um, all of Ina May's books for for the second and it was just like it was like again I was like I my body's meant to do this like you know what I mean like it was it was so cool I love that well yes praise you for the work you do that's for sure so obviously um you know pregnancy doesn't last forever having babies doesn't last forever it's how do you support women in the parenthood stage and all of the stages of that as a doula I didn't know that that was something that you did yeah and you know what's funny it's People, I think people forget that that like they prep so much for the birth, which is a huge transition for both you and baby and your family. But everyone like you get, I find that they get home and they're like, now what? <laughs> you know, I got to keep this person alive. And you're still going through the cascade and the changes of the hormones and your body, body is physically healing. And then you have your partner who maybe feels useless because really, you know, the fourth trimester, the baby is out of you, but they're on you. Whether you decide to nurse or not, the baby needs to be with their primary caregiver as much as possible. That bonding and attachment needs to happen very early on. Um, and usually it falls more on the birthing, the birthing person. So I also do a lot of prep around newborn care. And yes, we spend a significant amount of time on how that looks and how to prepare, but also 
you know, we talk about intimacy and sex after birth. We talk about how you can still maintain a relationship with your, with your partner. And more importantly, how you can evolve the relationship that you have with yourself with this new identity and this new role because it's jarring for some people, you know, especially I find ambitious women who identified with, you know, being ambitious and having these very tangible things that they could control to now this little person that they love beyond words, but they have very little control themselves. You know, the freedom that they had before is gone um, or just different, I should say. So we spend a lot of time on unpacking that, redefining that, um, you know, really setting aside homework time for you to ask your partner questions, ask yourself questions about how you want this to look. And if it doesn't look that way, what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and also really setting up a success circle. I don't even really like necessarily a support circle, a success circle, you know, people that you can reach out to unapologetically that, you know, without bias and judgment that if you're having, I don't know if we can swear, but if you're having a poopy day, <laughs> oh, we can't. Okay. If you're having a shit day, you can call them. And you know that they're not going to judge you. You yeah. know will come, you know, more or less at the drop of a hat to give you and support you with what you need, whether that's food or just a listening ear, because that is so, I find it so crucial for new parents. Um, and I find, yeah, they definitely come to me as a doula because I don't know all their history. And sometimes it's easier to talk to strangers, quote unquote, than, you know, best friends or family. But just having that ability to unload on somebody else um, so you don't have to carry that weight anymore mentally with all the new things about about being a parent is incredibly healing um i find sometimes just saying the same story over and over again sometimes i've had that many times with clients where i come over every day and we're talking about the same thing over and over again but it's you find a different way and dig through the weeds to learn from that and get move on move through it Mm -hmm. now would you say in your experience that um Sometimes uh, if we take a woman who is wildly ambitious, successful, driven, all those things, um, that first pregnancy, if, if she is not mentally prepared, it could be kind of the perfect storm, perfect storm for some um, mental un- unwell, uh, mental unease at the very least, whether we want to call it postpartum or not. Absolutely. And I think that that, that's actually becoming a newer topic is um, prenatal mood disorders, Mm -hmm. you know, antepartum. Um, Because, you know, Dr. Shafali Sarabi, she talks a lot about conscious parenting. Um, And, you know, you're only able to love your child to the extent that you've accepted yourself, you know, really unpacking as much, you know, preconception or pre-birth, unpacking as much of the a quote unquote, I mean, she didn't say this, but I'm saying this quote unquote junk or, or things that are weighing you down. So it's not passed on to your child. And if it, if you didn't get to do that before, making sure that you really do that as you're, as they're growing and you're raising them because generational trauma uh, is a real thing, you know? Um, and I think the more that we can do to break whatever cycles that we experience for our kids is super important. And that's again, part of what I talk about with my clients at the doula experience. We go through some of that. And again, my job is not to be anyone's therapist or think, you know, like that, but I offer the tools. I offer, you know, we could talk about this. Have you ever thought about it? You don't have to talk about it with me. You can talk about it with your partner or your mom or whomever else, but this is something that you may want to think about and you want to consider um, because the, I find sometimes the anxiety um, 
around conception, around being pregnant is so intense, especially like you said, for ambitious women, because it's now hitting them that life's going to change, you know, and what am I going to do about it? So let's, let's start planning. Let's start digging deep. Yeah. And there's just so much out of your control. So for someone who's so much in control and feels empowered with like controlling her environment and, and being like the captain of her ship, et cetera, it's like, no, you're taking the back seat. Right. And I, I remember getting a pedicure and this was like, must've been, you know, maybe five days before Curtis was born. And it was like, I was sitting there, I was like, Oh my God. Right. Like, and it wasn't even the fear of what's to come, but there was this tidal wave of unease. Mm. And, and I, I loved pregnancy. I, I, I do pregnancy really well, like in terms of my physical body, like I do it really well, but there was this tidal wave of like, holy, you know, and it was just, and it was just, I didn't know what it was, but it was really scary sensation. And it was almost like this dark cloud kind of creeping in mm. that sounds really sad because it's like talking about, about the baby coming but then when it once when, once uh, he was born it was like you're literally cracked open right like you're you're cracked open and it's like all of your so this this whole sentiment of you're only able to love your children to the extent that you to the extent that you've accepted yourself right so for someone who's who was ambitious from childhood i'm pretty sure like but all the way through go 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 not taking the time to love yourself to slow down to unpack maybe traumas that have happened etc cetera, etc cetera. and then boom you're at a standstill it's it's intense and like two things that i want to say to what you just said that sparked and is really awesome is you know the stigma around that dark cloud that you said that coming in and people being like but wait why are you having a dark cloud you're about to have a baby or you just had a baby you know, why are you stressing about your birth experience? Look, look, look at the result. And it completely diminishes your emotions, your experience. Just because you're a mom, just because you're a new, just because you're pregnant, you're still a human. Yeah. You're still a person. Yeah. And I think that that is a topic that's really coming to light more and more is like, I can still be excited about having this baby and being a new parent and still be sad about my, my life changing because it is. I can still be sad about or, or scared and confused about what that's going to look like and still be excited. We're, we're complex beings. We can have a mix of emotions at the same time. And that doesn't make me bad. Right. And I think that that is something that I really want to acknowledge because I, it really bothers me when I, when I see parents struggling with that or, or their family members making them feel guilty around that because it's just inappropriate to me. But anyway, that's my bias. <laughs> and the second thing is, you know, talking about being cracked open, um, you know, it's this idea, you know, Kate Northrup talked about this in her book, Do Less, you know, sometimes your body forces you to accept the things that you have put off. Mm. You know, she talks also about using busyness um, and sometimes even the concept of ambition as a trauma response, you know, just keep going, keep going, keep going, because you don't want to kind of maybe address some things that are coming up. And that's not to say everyone's dealing with trauma issues, but for some people, unconsciously like planning and doing things can be a trauma response and when you're put in a position like pregnancy and birth when you can't plan and mm -hmm. you're busy is it's completely tied to this person and very little else um that's what can bring on feelings of postpartum mood disorder and that dark cloud even though you have this beautiful baby that you worked so hard to birth because well 
I can't hide or, or go to anything else, right? So um, these are all things, again, that you don't necessarily need to do before, but they can bring as a neutral third party, like a, ther like a counselor, bring it to light and help you dig through some things if you find the right connection with the right one. Um, because I find it's not just about the tasks. You know, I am also a postpartum doula. I'm a birth doula, but I'm also a postpartum doula. And I see these things in the homes of my clients coming up. You know, I'll hear a little jab from, you know, their partner or the new parent to their partner about how things are being done or not being done. And it's a little bit of an insight into, okay, when I leave, I have to remember that this is still a family that's figuring things out. And so what can I do with my time here with them to make it a space that's energetically a place where they can grow and become the family that they want to become because at the base of our society is the family and if we're not here supporting them in a real way you know not just with which is fine but not just with like child tax and like a real real way what are we gonna what's the hope for the future of our society right oh my gosh you just like you're just getting right to me but like that trauma response a thousand percent that's what i did my teenage years my 20s like it was and i mean there's a gratitude piece in that like like i mean i was ambitious from my you know i think that was just kind of innately in me but when things happened you know through teenage years and also some um uh there was like a, an assault that happened in my 20s like it just it just stayed like just busy, like on to next. And I would always just like, I wouldn't, I would never even celebrate what I did. Like high school graduation, didn't even attend. College graduation, didn't even attend. Just like on to next, 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 just to stay moving and doing. Yeah. And I find that that's when, you know, my clients and I kind of break down when we're like, when I ask them, but how, how are you? And they're like, oh yeah, baby's doing this. And I'm doing that. I'm like, okay, let me, let me hold baby for a second. How are you? Yeah. And like, and like I looked and they're just like, <laughs> the tears start flowing. It's, you know, they have permission to stop and yeah. actually feel, and it's uncomfortable. Like, I mean, nobody really wants to be breaking down necessarily in front of other people unless they make that safe space. But I think that there is, there is power in acknowledging the, the trauma response that you have, that people have utilized um, and doing whatever you can to not just move through it, but eradicate it you know, eradicate the reasoning why it's used at that as that so that it doesn't continue to evolve and manifest and that your kids don't see whoa mom just lost a big client or had a big fight with her friend but she's still showing up yeah like wait mom's a person too you should be able to see mom cry and that's okay right yeah so I think like throughout this podcast, we talk a lot about like embrace, embracing ambition and like ambition's not a dirty word. And it's like, it's not bad to be ambitious and all of that. And a hundred percent, I still believe that with my core, but I, I think now we need to unpack that a little bit more as, as moms, as women, and to make sure that our ambition is aligned with what we're really creating. And at the foundation we're always doing it from a place of self-love and self-respect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting conversation that I've even had with my fiance. You know, I've asked him some questions around, you know, who, cause you see a lot of the times, you know, when you have kids, like obviously the kids are number one, but sometimes 
the parents will put the kids before their relationship or before their other spouse. Um, and everyone has to parent and have their families however they need to, right? And if the child actually needs something, you have to put them first. But at the same time, there is this idea that, you know, maybe, maybe you should put yourself first every mm -hmm. once in a while. Maybe you should put your partner before the kids every once in a while. Are they fed? Are they loved? Do they have clothes on their back? Are they, you know, not having a traumatic experience right now? They're okay? Okay, maybe they can come after myself or, or my partner. Um, and that is still an act of being ambitious. That is still an act of love. Mm -hmm. Because like you've mentioned many times, you can't give from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And you can't, if you're not even giving to yourself, where are you giving to everybody else? Um, which we've all heard and that horse has kind of been beaten, but on a core cellular energetic level, it's more than just, yeah, take a bath or whatever. It's, it's really about, like, I think you mentioned in a pad, uh, on an episode with Lavender Moran, it's like treating yourself like you treat your child. Like, do you have to go pee? Do you yeah. have to, like, that is so true. <laughs> it's true. Do you need a drink? Blankie? <laughs> not dismissing that or or you know diminishing like oh you're no you're talking to yourself like a child it's like no because right um health. <laughs> dr christian northup talks about you know our inner child our inner eight seven year old is running our indoctrine system is running our nervous system is running ev everything and if that child is ha has had a traumatic experience or it been ignored neglected whatever mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how ambitious you are it doesn't matter how many books you read about being about parenting because that person, that child is going to be, you know, under the radar running things. Mm -hmm. And I, that's kind of what maybe Dr. Shafali Strabi talks about is really tending to that child so that it's not two people <laughs> trying to run the same ship. It's one holistic, full grown woman and person doing it. Oh gosh, I can't wait to go share this. I'm gonna go run upstairs and tell my husband about all these takeaways because like, this is so good. Um, okay, so right now, let's just speak specifically, uh, if I'm assuming people are listening to this now in the present time, if not, it will probably still be um, relatable. So right now we are in a very unique time in our world. I mean, we're, we're this, like, this is, everything's coming to light, right? And everything that, and, the good, the bad, the ugly is coming to light. Um, and this is all on top of COVID, uh, which was disruptive at the least um, in terms of people's, you know, financial stability, emotional stability, et cetera. Um, so speaking right now, and how can you, what would be your words of, of empowerment or your um, guidance in terms of helping women to navigate this time to stay grounded and uh, feeling good in their mind and body as moms as women during this time. so i guess it would be twofold and um you know i want to i want to just acknowledge it and put it out there you know this this time that we're talking about is is racism in general you know specific to me as a black woman i am ex i am talking about anti-black racism but ex racism in general prejudice in general you know it's pride month right now it's a national indigenous month as well you know um we're talking about everything, right? And especially as this is a podcast for ambitious women, you know, misogyny, sexism, all of these things that intersect our lives. Um, and what I'll say to that is in order to be able to feel good, in order to, to maintain your, your mental health, from my perspective, I'm just one person, I, you, have to, you have to 
look at it and, and face it head on. You can't put your blinders on because when it continues to come at you, which as a, again, as a black woman myself, it still will, it still is, it, it always will. If I have my blinders on, I'm gonna get annoyed by it. It's going to eat away at me. But if I can face it and address it and, and feel my feelings about it, express my feelings about it, mm-hmm. get the gunk and how I feel out of the way, then I have the space, the energy, the, the, um, the love to work on an action plan. And, and part of that action plan definitely does mean activism, however that looks for you, but it also means tending to yourself. It also means taking a step back. You know, we've talked a lot about the inner child and, and, and trauma and all. It, it also means going back and like, what experiences of sexism, racism, homophobia, whatever have I experienced in my life that I've kind of pushed down, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what can I take from those experiences that I can do as much as I can to prepare or educate my own children? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about reposting stories and talking about other people's stories, but it's like, what do you remember as a kid? For what, if you're not a person of color watching someone else in your class or your community experiencing that and how you felt about what you did or didn't do and how can you share that with your child? Because they're going to relate more to your story than someone else. Um, and so do, doing that work, I think, has to be done first before you can take the time to take a step back. Now, on a more practical level, it can look like deleting social media off your phone, um, you know, not necessarily deleting your account, but maybe deleting it off your phone you know, putting your phone on airplane mode, um, you know, letting it be known to the world, hey, you know, I'm just taking uh, a mental health break. I'm still down for the cause. I love everybody. I'm doing my own work. I'm making impacts in my own way. I just can't show up today or for this week on Instagram or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend who shared a very impactful, impactful story at an organization that we both worked at uh, and the racism that she experienced there. And her, her DMs blew up like 200 messages of other people and their experiences, which you want to acknowledge, but it became a lot. Mm-hmm. And so she had to take a step back. <laughs> Ooh, let's take a breather here. Um, and then come back when I have, when I'm ready. And that's okay. You know, people you can tell people to wait, just like you tell your kids, no, you don't need this cookie right now. Like you can say, Hey, partner, friend, you don't need this from me right this moment. Um, let me take care of me and I'll get back to you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Tanisha. Thank you for being a part of our beautiful USANA community and for all the work that you're doing for for women, for mothers. Um, We really appreciate you. We really do. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I know you're just getting started. You're just getting warmed up, you know, and there's so much goodness in store for you. I mean, you guys are going to get married and it's uh, all the good things. The blessings are coming. The blessings are coming tenfold. Absolutely. And I just, it's a blessing to know you and be a part of, of this community. And I think that um, if people haven't do- like dove or dived into your community, you need to, because Krista will really bring light to your life. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Tanisha. I know you have a call coming up, so we'll wrap this up, but hopefully we can do this again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Hey mamas, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really enjoyed it. What a beautiful light she is. And if you found value in this episode, 
please share this. Share this on Instagram, on Facebook, text it to a girlfriend. And I really hope that we can continue together to be empowering women to feel their best, to live their best life, to feel empowered in every way. And if you have yet to sign up for the beautiful Mind 21 Day Journey, go ahead and treat yourself to that. It's totally free, my gift to you. And go and follow Tanisha. All of her information is below. Talk soon.